Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Caring Support Podcast. I'm here with Kaylee and Fola, and today we are going to talk to these two lovely ladies about the jobs that they do. Fola is a PSW, and Kaylee is a healthcare aide, and they are going to tell us all about how they got into the jobs that they are currently doing, what they love about it, and we're very excited to hear from them. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're going to start out by I'm going to get you guys to each tell me a little bit about yourself so you can tell me about, you know, where you're working, um, how you kind of got there, all that kind of fun stuff. Kaylee, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I work at a hospital in acute care. I work a little bit of everywhere. I've done um, hospice and emergency the most. Uh, The two ends of the spectrum (laughs) of the craziness of the hospital um and I've been working for almost two years now and yeah I really enjoy the work that I do for sure that's amazing Fola oh yeah my my name is Fola like you already said I'm a PSW I work in Ontario and I have done long term which we call nursing home I also do mostly right now, I do more of home-to-home community care. I've been working for like three, four years now, and basically that's me. I enjoy what I do. I take care of my clients. <laughs> that's what we're, we're here to do, right? So yeah, that's it. That's amazing. I know you guys are both working kind of in the same areas-ish, but a little bit different as well. Um, Everyone has like a why to what they do for their careers. What is your why? What made you want to work as a as a PSW and an HCA? Uh, we'll start with Fola. Oh, this time around, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, so I'm an immigrant in Canada. Let me put that. Let me not say Ontario. I'm, as an immigrant, I came in, and first of all, the why was. It's an in-demand field. That's what immigrants like come in to do for you to get permanent residency in Canada. That was my why. But then when I got into the field, I saw that it was a field that you could actually show your care for human beings. Like it was a place for you to express that empathetic side of you. So it became something that I enjoyed so much. And since then, I've been loving it and I decided to just continue in healthcare. <laughs> that's that's amazing. We're actually looking to hopefully do some work with uh, immigrants in the future here. So you actually have a good story that's going to fit in with what we're trying to do with caring support as well. So that's that is really amazing. And thank you, uh, Kaylee. Yeah, um, I got into this career. I actually switched careers. I started working in veterinary medicine first with all our furry friends when I was like 15 because every kid wants to be a veterinarian. (laughs) And I just (laughs) went for it. Um, It was great. I've got to say, I think my patients bite me more now, uh, but that's okay. Um, I changed during the pandemic uh, just because I felt like I needed a new challenge. I've always loved medicine. I thought that I would hate people. I don't know why I thought I was someone that hates people, but I was convinced that it would not be a good time. And I started it and I love it. I love it so much. Um, It has been just the most rewarding thing ever. Um, I'm also just super interested in medicine in general. I find it so cool. 
uh, which isn't always great for my patients. And I'm like, this wound is awesome. And they're like, well, is it though? Uh, but yeah, no, I really love what I do. I love the variety. Um, I love the, um, diversity of it as well as just the ability to do, like, you can do so much. Like I said, I work in acute care, so I work on every floor in the hospital. Um, and I can pick up everywhere. I work in like heart health and I work in the emergency, which is wild and in hospice care, which is just such like an important field in general. Um, and I just, I love that variety. I love my patients. I love the work that we're able to do now that we have HCs in acute care that can provide um, that dignity, that care to patients that uh, support the nursing staff um, with that because they always don't always have the time for it. So that's kind of why I do it and how I got into it. That's awesome. That's that's a really good segue kind of into the next thing, because I know right now there's such a huge cry for PSWs, for HCAs. Like we're just we're just lacking the number of people that are needed. And there are many people that are kind of thinking about it, but they're not really sure, you know, is this a bus I want to jump on kind of thing. Um, so that said, what kind of skills and strengths do you think are most important to be able to do the roles that you guys do? Kaylee, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I think the thing that I find really funny, uh, when I started in my class, a lot of people were really nervous. They'd never worked in healthcare before. They thought they had to know a lot about medicine. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's much easier to learn about medicine than it is to learn about people skills, because I think that learning how to work with people is not always something that comes naturally to people but when it does that skill is so important like I think that customer service skills is what I call it like working in um, the service industry those kinds of things can be directly applicable to working in healthcare. Uh, not that we'd like our patients to treat us like servants or serving staff I should say maybe not servants but but sometimes they do in having that diplomacy and that that uh that those personal those uh personal skills is just I think a really important thing um because I think you can always learn more about medicine and um how to care for people in that way but I think that innate um need to work with people is definitely that main skill that I would say you'd need and it can come from anywhere you don't have to have a background in medicine you can definitely have a background in just anything what do you think Paula yeah so for me from experience and just to back up what Kaylee has said, you do not need any type of specific skills. Like people would say, I do not know how to um, learn chemistry. I don't know chemical components. I don't know math. I don't know English, you know, stuff like that. So once you have this way of being able to communicate with people, you're able to communicate well, and not forgetting you must actually be empathetic because being empathetic is what will make you be able to um exceed all those kind of you know let me say practically as nurses or as psws you're working with people that are coming from the place of maybe frustration they're coming from the place of you know they're not they're not so well sometimes they say things that they don't even meant to say so being empathetic is that thing that would help you to upscale that is what will help you to take those, put those things aside and like, okay, I'm just, I'm here to care for this person and just look at it and keep going. So for me, basically to be empathetic and you must be able to communicate with your clients, with their caregivers, you know, with the people around them, stakeholders and all that. And with that, you should be able to 
to scale true. I definitely agree. Empathy and communication is something that is super important, especially in healthcare. And we know that healthcare has been in the news a lot lately just because people are screaming for help, they're screaming for support, right? So that said, what are some of the struggles that you guys are facing in your roles right now? Do you could maybe without getting too, too political, but maybe shine some light on things that you guys are struggling with. Uh, we'll start with Fola this time. Oh, nice. <laughs> so from my own experience, I have said it earlier that I work in more of community home to home. So it's we know that they say all the time that healthcare is a kind of sector that needs people to come into, right? But even now, working in healthcare, especially those in home care, if you don't work two, three jobs, um, you will still not be able to make um, like good money, right? So now I'm not even talking about the pay, I'm talking about policies, policies that can actually improve the lives that healthcare workers lead. So coming from home care, there's some times where, or a lot of times where you're clients would cancel on you. I'm I'm talking specifically about that policy where when the client cancels, you don't get paid. And in home care, when you have like eight hours availability, it's very hard for you to get six hours. And who would be able to survive on a six hour pay, you know, without doing two jobs to, to make ends meet? So I would say government should look into that policy of um, paying healthcare workers, even when the clients cancel. It's going to make a lot of difference. Not, I'm not, not, it's not everything that has to be. Everybody wants an increased pay. I know that. So now I'm not even looking at that. Everybody, every sector wants their money increased, right? But now I'm talking about those policies that would eventually um, increase our, our pay at the end of it all. <laughs> That makes complete sense. Yeah. It's definitely hard to get your hours in when people are, you know, they're canceling and that could be for whatever reason. So getting those hours in, that means that you have yeah, so you know, the money to live with. Not, the, yeah, sorry. The client shouldn't be afraid to cancel. And also the the caregiver should not be afraid that somebody else is canceling on her. Right. So. That makes complete sense. I guess the experience would be a little bit different on your side, Kaylee, because uh -huh. you work in a hospital setting. So your hours, yeah. you're a little more guaranteed <laughs> with your stuff. But I'm sure there's like some stuff that can be scary with your scheduling too. I think we kind of discussed that before we um, before we started the podcast here was that because you're doing a lot of night shift work. Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of night shift work. Um, I think in general, I feel very blessed in my job um, and in the pay that I get because I came from veterinary medicine where it was um, very underpaid. Uh, but I do see that that is an issue always, uh, the pay. Um, but in general, with our scheduling, I find that they tend to overschedule us for a full-time job. This job, although it's eight-hour shifts, it's so physically demanding. It's not something that you can do so many days in a row, but people do. Uh, they work 16-hour shifts regularly, back-to-back, um, -back, uh, just to be able to support their families. Um, and that just, you know, shouldn't be an expectation for people to be able to have to do that to support their families. And I feel very blessed that I am able to make that overtime pay, um, to be able to make more money. But the amount of work you have to do to make that money is a lot. And I do think that that can be detrimental 
and dangerous to patients when we're working incredibly long hours because you're not going to be the best you can possibly be. And recently, since I've been working full time, I've just been working my eight hour shifts and I find that I'm just as exhausted as when I was working longer days. Um, but I'm making I am making less money. And I, I do find that um, it is a lot of work to do. Our job is so physical in general. And I think that there has been a big push to protect our bodies. But I think that there should be a stronger push to protect our bodies and our, and our minds as well. Um, and that's just in general. I don't know if I can think of specific policies that should change around that, but I think that those should be the main focuses in healthcare in general is just protecting us as healthcare workers. Um, and I see change, but it probably needs to happen a little faster. I completely, completely agree. Without your healthcare workers, I what, what are we going to be? We know what are we going to do? And you guys do so much work for your communities. And I know that I'm probably not the first one who's going to say it and I won't be the last one, but thank you because without you, um, our communities wouldn't be able to run. So I know it's difficult and I know there's a lot of, you know, pushback and push around right now, but I think you guys are amazing for what you do. And that kind of leads me into wondering, you guys have been doing this for probably like between like three to five years between, you know, like between each of you. So what is something that you guys have learned, something that's really stuck out? You know, you, you didn't go in knowing this about your profession, but now you know it. Um, what is something that you've learned, something you carry with you? We'll start with Kaylee. Um, gosh, <laughs> I just think in general, I have really learned to take care of myself. I actually, this is going to be a little bit funny, but in class we learn about um, what's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you've already heard this below, you might know, uh, but basically <laughs> it's a pyramid and it talks about like, you know, the needs and the very base needs are things like you need food to go, to go to the bathroom and to sleep. And I find myself all the time, that is the main thing that I'm like, why is this patient, especially with dementia patients, patients that aren't able to like express what's going on with them, why they're agitated. And those are the things, the first things. And like 80% of the time, that's what's wrong. That's what you, you can, you fix those things. You help them go to the bathroom, you feed them, you get them to sleep and they're better. And I've turned that around to myself so many times, all the time. I'll be like, why am I so uncomfortable? And then I'll realize, oh, I really have to pee. <laughs> I had to pee for like four hours and I ignored that. Or I'll be like, oh, I just need food. Like, why do I hate everyone? Oh, I'm hungry. Or why do I think everybody hates me? Oh, I just need to go to sleep. And it's really funny because that's just like a weird part of my job that I think that a lot of people neglect their needs in order to take care of other people in healthcare. I think that's a, a big thing. But I've actually found that while taking care of other people, I've learned how to take care of myself better, which is sort of weird. But I think that's the thing that's, that I didn't expect about my job. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm actually pretty familiar with uh, that pyramid that you talked about, because I actually did a couple years of university where I was a psych major. And that was something where I remember sitting in that class and being like, I've been here for three hours and my base needs aren't being met anymore. So I need to go to the washroom. I need some water. Right. And you're just like, now I'm not so grumpy. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah. So I definitely understand that, you know, and it's kind of weird being able to turn that around in yourself and be like, yeah, like this guy knew what he was talking about. So how about we get back to that? Like meeting base needs. Fola, what do you think? Yeah. 
Kelly has just confirmed to me that what we do, like on a daily basis, actually affects how we think. So for me, like I have said, I do more of home care. And since I've been doing home care, I always wonder, how will I be when I'm old? How will how is old age going? To, how is old age going to be for me? Right. So one of the things I think so importantly is now I think when I'm thinking about something, I'm thinking about what's it going to look like at old age, right? If I'm thinking of buying a house, I'm looking at it at how is this house going to sustain me when I'm old? Like I'm looking at it, this staircase. If my house has a staircase, how is this staircase going to be modified to me? <laughs> you know. Things like that. I'm looking at I'm looking at my bed and I'm like, okay, so this bed, we can change it like this when I'm I just constantly think about my senior age. And now I take a lot of consciousness, like when I'm when I'm eating, when I'm planning my budgets, my finance, you know, I do a lot of things thinking about who's gonna take care of me, how comfortable my children are gonna be, even if they're not gonna be the one to take care of me, you know, but to make them comfortable. Things like that, yeah, just affected my my thinking a lot, and I always think about how to survive and how to make life easier for myself, my children, and my caregivers when I become a senior. <laughs> it's definitely eye opening. I could definitely see that because, like, the first thing you said, like the stairs, I. Um, my mom has moved in with us and she, I have to take care of her. She has really bad rheumatoid arthritis. So in a way, I guess I'm a caregiver, but we have a couple sets of stairs and every time I see her heading for them, I'm like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> we need, we need a house that does not have stairs. <laughs> and so I find myself being like, all right, so we need to make sure that the house that we build or that we buy needs to be one level ranch, like no stairs, no <laughs> stairs allowed, you know, and it does, it opens your eyes to what you need to have prepared for your future and i think yeah definitely you guys see it every day i mean mm -hmm. you guys get to you know see you know the accidents that can happen with the stairs you know oh, and yeah. it just makes you really really think about it we work so much with the older population i just i even find myself out in public seeing older people and being like uh, 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 oh no <laughs> that's just like and then but then at the same time that can be disrespectful you know because they're like i can do this myself and exactly. i'm like are you sure <laughs> are you are you sure <laughs> like you, i'm here to help <laughs> but i'm i'm not it's not it's not my job right now but it's so hard <laughs> to get out of that thought process uh-huh sure that's a, that's a perfect segue into my next question. Is there, have you guys had like a client or something that's happened where it has just stuck with you and it has been the reason why you're like, I'm going to keep pushing, you know, like on those tough days when you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Is there someone that you think about? Is there something that you think about that kind of reignites that fire for you guys just to keep going? Uh, Fola, do you have any stories like that? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> so recently I lost one of my clients. It's I'm just so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. <laughs> Let me say that. <laughs> so um this client has supposed to be somebody that I see like on a regular basis before before his demise. And before me, he had somebody, and let me point it out, this person doesn't have anyone like 
he doesn't have anyone, he stays alone. I used to have a caregiver before me, a paid caregiver, and they were so used to each other, like she was she was so fond of him, you know. He was used to him. And then when I came in, he, he had a hard time. Well, of course, there's nothing he can do. It happens. You have to change caregivers. And along the line, he got used to me. So sometimes when I'm when I'm sleeping and I'm thinking, oh, I'm so tired today, I don't want to go to work. And then I remember him, I'm like, he's going to sit in his shit all day. There's no one that is going to care for him. He, he would likely not even have breakfast, right? It's not that he's not going to get a replacement. He's going to get a replacement, PSW, but he, the replacement PSW would not understand because it doesn't communicate so well. And I'm always like, each day I wake up and I'm like, I want to stay at home today. I want to stay in bed. When I remember him, I'm like, I just have to go out there. I just have to go out. And each day he sees me, he's, he prays. He's always praying for me. So when I remember that, I'm going to miss tomorrow's pray, prayers. <laughs> when I think about not going, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to miss that prayer. Mm, I will just get on my scrubs, get on my things and, and set out. So that as well is not just him. A lot of other clients do like that. You'll be like, if you're not there, it's going to be a hard time for them, you know. So each day I wake up with the motivation that I'm going out there to save somebody. I'm going out there to make somebody's life better for the day. I'm going out there to make somebody have a better day, right? So. It keeps me going. It keeps me, pushes me to go and do more. Mm-hmm. That's, that's oh, it. Well, I'm sure that he was always very thankful that you showed up for your shift because it's it's like having family for the ones that are shut in and can't get out and need someone to take care of them. You become their family and that's that's something to be admired. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Kaylee, what about you? Yeah. Um, earlier when we were talking before we started recording, um, you and I were talking a little bit about when working night shift, I, I feel like I can get a little bit irritated. It's really easy to like for, forget that these people, you know, um, Fola, you mentioned earlier that these people are sick. They don't necessarily mean what they, they say, those kinds of things. Um, and when I first started working, when I was a student, I was in a long-term care and we did this bath for a dementia patient. And this patient had to be pretty heavily medicated in order to have this bath. And when we, they were getting this patient up to get them out of the bath, they had slapped this patient on the bum in order to get them to stand up. And I remember thinking like, that's so dehumanizing. That's just so awful. And I just kept thinking like, how can we make baths better for patients like that was just like my big thing during school because I had witnessed that and seen how how hard that was for that patient and how easy it is to fall into that to like get annoyed um but then I started working in hospice which I think is just some of the most important work some of the most amazing people the people I work with in hospice I love them endlessly and I worked with this one woman for a very long time um in hospice usually people stay for only about three months this person was there for seven months and we did bath time regularly (laughs) we would have in the afternoon sunlight I'd come on at 3 p.m around like four we'd get into the bath I ended they they loved um she loved rose scents so I brought in rose scented bubble bath and we did 
we did bath time and a little bit of gossip, you know, and just just had a lovely time. And it was just so wonderful for me to see that difference between what I'd seen as a student, how easy it is to like forget that these people are people sometimes when things get busy, you get exhausted. Um, and so it, I just love being able to provide that dignity. And I, I miss those bath times when that patient passed. It was hard um, for sure that they, you know, she would always ask for me when um, when I was on and I would come on and they'd be like, she's been asking for you all day. She's ready for bath. <laughs> and, so, you know, and then I remember going back later and taking another person for a bath and she was just like, wow you don't understand how life-changing that is to get in that bath, like how much more human I feel. And with mm -hmm. the gentlemen, like, you know, you shave, give them a shave when they can't do it themselves. And they're just like, wow. And a huge thing about our job in general, I feel, is that, oh, you just, you just wipe bums. That's your job. You, you can wipe the bums um, is kind of how people would sometimes approach it. I, I haven't had that too much. I've been lucky, but that is kind of how people view our job but it's so much more than that because we are providing dignity for these people we are helping them feel human again for all those things they can no longer do for themselves um and those bubble bath times and a shave and those things are just so important to making just their entire day um and that's just why i do what i do why i love what i do um I just, I adore it. And I really like, I've always like thought about going into like nursing and doing more of a challenge, but this base part of like our job, this, this job is so important um, in providing that dignity for patients. And I just, I love that part. Yeah. I mean, you're providing them the ability to take care, not necessarily of themselves, but you're still giving them that, that self care that they need a rose scented bath, right? Um, and like, yeah, they end up looking forward to that kind of stuff. And I know that with the jobs that you guys do, it's so emotionally taxing. It's physically taxing. And I know that a lot of healthcare workers are experiencing burnout. Burnout is very, very real. And it's very scary for some people. It makes them quit doing what they're doing, even though that they love to do it. So what are maybe some of the stuff that you guys do to avoid burnout? And what are your favorite forms of self-care for yourselves? Kaylee, let's start with you. Yeah, um, so I have been burnt out for sure. It's why I'm uh, currently taking a break from the emergency department. It is so easy to just go and keep going. Um, and especially in healthcare in general, it's a, it's, a team, it's a team effort and you guys need to be a team. So my biggest thing for that is that in healthcare, I love that you can switch around a little bit and finding that team that works for you because that is going to be the main determinant of how well your job's going to go. And of course, you can't have the same team every day, but having that support is so important as that like baseline. You need that support in healthcare um, and finding those people, that support system within your work, and then finding that support system at home. Um, just because in general, our jobs are very people centered and I think that we need our people as well to take care of us. And uh, like I said, like I, I like working night shift because I go and hang out with my people before I go into shift and I hang out with my family and my friends. And I just make sure that I take care of myself in that way. And like I said, my base needs, <laughs> like you can't ignore those. You are going to be burned out if you ignore your base needs and just finding hobbies and things to do outside of work as well 
Um, and remembering that you are more than just your job because it's so easy to like, this is, this is a vocation, like healthcare for a lot of people, not, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it is your, it is more than just a job. And it is so easy to make your entire self-worth about that job. And it's really important to remember that you are a whole person outside of work. And so I find that that's, that's mostly the work that I've done in order to combat the burnout that I've had and to continue making sure it doesn't happen again. That's really, yeah. really great advice. Um, making sure that you do have your own support system because you guys are out there supporting everybody else, but it is just as important for you guys to have your own support system. So good job. And I hope, I hope that people support you and love on you all the time because you definitely deserve it. Uh, Fola, what about you? What does your self-care look like? How are you avoiding burnout? <laughs> so for me, I used to work in long-term care and it's just so easy for one to, just like Katie said, the shifts are there, the shifts are available. Like it's very easy for you to just want to grab on all the shifts, like not remembering that you yourself, you're an human being and then you need to take care of yourself. Uh, for me, I have kids. It was becoming more challenging for me to work in long-term long -term care. So that was one of the reasons I had to switch to um, care for the flexibility and all. So in order for my mental health to be in check, <laughs> I usually do not take on spontaneous shifts. Like I, it's a conscious thing for me. I do not take on clients like maybe okay they just posted something i'm not used to it i've not seen this person before i've not been there because usually first visits are always very very tedious you've not known this person you're going there you you are you have to be mentally alert you have to be physically alert you know all those things so i try as much as possible not to overwork myself yeah stay with, within and that is why i actually talked about cancellation yeah, because that is why a lot of people would want to take on more clients like every single day and thereby taking on their mental health. So for me, I try as much as possible to just to stay within um, my number of hours. I don't I don't I don't overwork. Yeah, and then when I get home, my self-care, I'm not the self-care when it comes to night care routine and all that, but I do a lot of crafting. I love to craft. That is my safe space. Like when I'm home, when I'm when I'm not doing um care job, when I'm not caring for anyone I'm at home, I go on my sewing machine, I go on my quicker, I do a lot of stuff, kitchen, like that is my own <laughs> self-care routine. Yeah. That's awesome. What kind of projects are you working on right now? My one of my daughter's favorite crafts to do right now when she's feeling a little bit anxious or I mean exhausted. I mean she's in school all the time too. But one of her favorite things is the little the gem painting things, like where you have the little gems and you're like, it's like paint by numbers with little diamondy gem things. Oh okay. she loves that. She can sit for hours and she's so <laughs> much calmer when she comes out of doing that. And it's like, girl, you just go, you just do you because like if it's making you happy and it's giving you that break like yeah you just go and it's pretty and we frame them are you working on anything in particular right now yes yeah i do uh, presently even like yesterday i was just working on a kind of keychain so i'll just walk in sometimes i just walk into walmart and i'm i i try as much as possible to avoid the craft section too because if i go there definitely i'm gonna pick up something <laughs> 
And then pick up stuff and just have a look around and have say something to pick up. So I picked up these um little strands of fabric. I'm like, hmm, I think this would be nice for a keychain, and I'll just put a tassel on it. Right? It's gonna look so fancy. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday I just said I saw the 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 fabric. I'm like, okay, let me just make this keychain. I have time. Yeah, so I'm almost done with it. I'm not done, but I'm almost done with it. <laughs> That's awesome. So we want to entice people to come in and to keep doing what you guys are doing because we need we need more people like you to to support so that you guys don't get into that burnt out area. So if you had one or two pieces of advice that you could give someone who's currently in school to become a PSW or an HCA, what would that piece of advice be or pieces of advice be? Uh, Fola, let's start with you. Well, I know that PSWs have this kind of, or let me say the job has negative stereotypes. We have a lot of negative, and I think Kelly has already mentioned it, like you're just going to wipe bomb. <laughs> PSW is a lot more than that. It's a lot more. So if you're coming as a PSW, don't let those stereotypes sit with you. There is a lot more being a PSW. And you just need to value yourself. Know the value that you are bringing to the table. Once you know that, yes, you're there providing value. I think it's going to kind of increase your self-esteem. Right. And then you don't feel like, oh, I'm just going there to, to, to wipe bombs, just like as everybody is saying. So there is a lot more to it. You're providing dignity for people. You're making people have a good day. And what is more than that, if you know that your work is making somebody else have a better day, and even your work is making the doctor or the, or the I don't even want to use healthcare now. Let me say the IT professional out there that has a mom. If you're not there to take care of his mom or, or her mom, he or she may not be able to go out to work. Right. So if you look at your job, look at it beyond the part of you're, you're just wiping bombs, because I know that is one of the very common negative stereotypes that we have. So it's it's far beyond that. Just know that you're providing value, know that you're bringing value to the table. And with that, you, your self-esteem will be increased. And then as long as you have goals that you're working towards, if you have your goals that you're working towards, you're getting closer day by day. Yeah, I thought that 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 will get you through it. That will get you through it. Thank you. Kaylee, what would you like to add? Yeah, um, I I just think that there's, uh, it's like I said before, this job is so diverse. You can work in so many different areas, like um, Fola works in community care, which um, is a great option for people. Um, I work in acute care, but I have coworkers that work in addictions and mental health. And like, I just think that people don't know how widest scope this job can have um, and it is such a rewarding job it is an amazing job uh, every single part of the hospital would be lost without us I know because I get calls where I have to go to different parts of the hospital all the time like we were talking about this earlier where like I get a call halfway through my shift and I need to help in other areas or doing that and that we are so so needed we need so many more people and it's just so interesting to be able to do that like this job is diverse healthcare is so diverse you can work in so many different areas and the craziest thing is that if it's not working you can just move to a new area like that's <laughs> the weird thing 
about healthcare that you can't do another job. You can't just be like, mm, I'm going to quit this job. But you can in healthcare. You can just move yeah. into community. You can move into addictions. You can move into the emergency, the hospice, the heart health, the GI, neuro, like all of these different areas. You rehab, like you can move at any point. Like I have worked in so many different spaces. You can have temp jobs, all these different things. There's just so much diversity, variety that you can do and you are never stuck. Like, and that is, I think just the most amazing part of working in healthcare. And I think that you should a hundred percent do it just for that. Um, it's just a great thing to be able to have that freedom. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds amazing to be able to to have those options. And that is something I, be, I do believe that your careers definitely offer is that amazing ability to be like, all right, you know, we've had enough of ER work right now. We need to take a little bit of a, of a breakup. Um, so we're going to go into acute care. We're going to go into home care for a little while. And it doesn't mean that you can't go back. Um, and I think some people think that that if you decide, you know, to move from one place to another in terms of what you're doing, that you can't go back to the first place. And it's it's not true. Um, and getting that experience is really important because it's different experience. It's different in home care than it is in acute, in acute care. And it's that uh, looks good on a resume, obviously. So it gives you that ability to keep moving around, too. So. All right. So is there anything else that you ladies wanted to add in today? Anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, take off for the day? Anything we haven't covered? Uh, I feel like something that I totally forgot to mention, which is a very larger topic. So I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. But um, that I see a lot in the states, our job in general, which has a million different names, PSW, HCA, all these different things in different provinces, because obviously healthcare is provincial. Um, but in the states, we you can have a lot of extra certifications. And I feel like that's something that would be really cool if we could do because they um, they do like blood sugars and even put in Foley catheters, IV catheters, things like that, um, which would be so cool to have here in general. Um, and I know that in my province at least you can do like medic medication um courses where you can start handing out medications and like long-term care um which it's a it's a much larger topic but I just think in general I think that would be very cool I think that's something that probably is going to come in the future for this job and again that is why this job is so diverse so wonderful is just that I believe that there's going to be other certifications coming out that you can add to your job you can always have more education medicine you're always learning and so um i think that that's also a great reason to go into the career in general is that there is a huge future for it yeah so kind of like micro credential kind of things right mm -hmm. i know they do have some micro credentials for for nurses and available for well for nurses for the most part i know we have the caring support marking place has a section where we have micro credentials on there. I'm not sure if any of those would apply to you guys at all, but it is something you could definitely take a look at and see. And yeah, I totally agree. I think that, you know, life would be a very boring place if we stopped learning. And sure. the day that you stop learning, I guess, um, is the day that you need to consider whether or not that staircase is a good option anymore. <laughs> um, so, but even then, you know, learning is important and it, it keeps you even if you're just you know teaching someone else a little bit about what you do or a little bit about how to be compassionate or how to have empathy those type of things are very important but to be able to have those extra micro credentials um, in your pocket so that you guys could do your jobs even um, better 
I'm sure would definitely be something that I hope comes for you guys as well, because uh, you guys are really great at what you do and you deserve the ability to keep going, to keep learning and to keep adding to, um, to the amazing human beings that you guys are. Yeah, especially if you don't want to become a nurse instantly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it takes a long time to become a nurse. <laughs> yeah, and I think that like school, school is also hard for people like uh, to get into nursing in like British Columbia, you have to have like the highest grades. Um, and it, it's kind of crazy and it's hard to do for some people. And like, it's just a lot of work. And I find that like doing those little baby steps or, or like those little extra things is just like such a more feasible way of expanding the field and filling that gap which is what we need because not everybody can afford to do those four years of nursing school. And a lot of these gaps that we're missing are being filled by HCAs and healthcare work or uh, PSWs. And I just think that giving them a little bit more is a really great idea for sure. True. True. I completely agree. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, very, very much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedules to be here with me today. I am so happy that we were able to pull this together and to be able to talk with each other, especially to have, you know, we have you know Kaylee from BC, we have Fola from Ontario, we're getting a different, you know, we're getting different perspectives from across the country. And I am so thankful that you guys have been able to be here with me today. And I'm going to definitely keep your names close by for future episodes where we might have um, more people come and sit down and to be able to talk with them as well. So again, thank you so much for what you do for your communities. I am sure that you hear it all the time, but thank you and you're loved and you're appreciated. And uh, as my amazing coworker says, keep being awesome. And we will talk to you guys again very soon. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> thank you so much.